Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Carrie Combs, who was diagnosed with Crohn's disease eight years ago at the age of 22. In her first five years after diagnosis, she had three surgeries, countless medication changes, and as she puts it, a lot of really bad days. During those times, the thought of a marathon never even crossed her mind, but fast forward to today, and she's now run a couple of half marathons and getting ready to complete a full 26.2-mile marathon with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation's Team Challenge in Nashville at the end of April. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carrie, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Stephanie, for having me. Well, before we jump into talking about running, team challenge, flares, food and fitness, start by telling me your Crohn's story, when you had your first flare, and how your diagnosis came about. Sure. So um, it was February of 2011. Um, it was actually the Super Bowl. Um, we mm -hmm. were watching that, and of course, you know, you eat food. That's really, you know, what I was there for, not necessarily to watch the football. Um, but <laughs> I had had some, um, like, you know, dips with like cheese and stuff. And I just all of a sudden had this like stabbing pain, um, that then I kind of, you know, doing some research was like, oh, maybe my gallbladder is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just kind of kept getting progressively worse. So, so it was, you know, initially I would just like a couple things would trigger um, that type of attack, usually high, high fat kind of things. Um, but then it started to get to the point where it was almost everything. Um, I had made doctor's appointments. I went in and got um, scanned to see if it was my gallbladder. Um, they did say I had sludge um, as opposed to gallstones. Um, but mm -hmm. they said, you know, we, we can take it out because um, that may be, you know, what's causing your discomfort. I was like, let's please do that because I had gotten to the point where um, in about 45 days I had lost well, about 65 pounds. Wow. Um, and was literally eating white rice and water um, and still trying to go to work and, you know, still wow. trying to, to, to do everything. Um, so I was actually really looking forward to my gallbladder surgery because I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So it actually, um, I had my, it was an outpatient surgery, um, you know, supposed to be pretty quick. Um, so they went in to remove my gallbladder. And um, when I got home, I had, you know, fallen asleep because you're still, anyone who's done outpatient surgery, you're still real loopy when you go home. Mm -hmm. um, so I had taken a nap. I get a phone call and this lady says, hi, this is, um, you know, so-and-so from 
Ohio Gastro and we'd like to schedule your colonoscopy. And I was like, um, I think you have the wrong person. Like <laughs> I, I just had surgery today and I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, turns out that my surgeon, uh, when he went in to remove my gallbladder, noticed that my intestines were very abnormal and he was, you know, 99.9% .9 sure that I had Crohn's disease. Um, but that I would have to have a colonoscopy to confirm that. Wow. Do you know what he was able to see? Because I imagine he could only see the outside of the yes. intestines. Do you know what triggered his thought of something being wrong? Yes, it was um, severe inflammation. So it was very um, red and not the right size, basically. Very mm. um, inflamed. And so... Um, so he had, you know, referred me to a, a gastroenterologist. And um, the problem was that since I had just had surgery, um, you mm -hmm. have to wait six weeks to do a colonoscopy because that is a fairly invasive uh, procedure. So um, I ended up, you know, after surgery, of course, with just a gallbladder, they normally tell you, oh, within, you know, a day or two, you should be back to eating normal and feeling fine. Um, so I was, you know, hoping for that. And I just got progressively worse. Um, and it, I was basically trapped in the bathroom. I had so much severe pain. Um, I finally, about a week later, had um, decided, and actually it was, it was St. Patrick's Day because I was the only person who went to the ER that didn't have alcohol poisoning, but oh, um, no. so we're coming up on an anniversary for you yeah, <laughs> at, the, yeah. at the recording so, of this. <laughs> right. So I, um, so I ended up, I finally, you know, basically called it quits that I couldn't fight this anymore. And I said, I have to go to the emergency room. There is something else wrong with me. And, and how long I had this been after the surgery? Is this only like a week or so? One week. Um, wow. It had only been one week. And I had, you know, when I had been told that I, you know, possibly had Crohn's disease, I know at that time, I didn't know anyone that had it. Um, I didn't have any family history. So I, I don't, I didn't take it as seriously as I definitely should have. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, hindsight, right? Um, yeah. So I ended up uh, going to the ER and was admitted. Um, and, you know, basically it was here's some, um, you know, Percocet because we mm. can't really do anything for you until you have an official diagnosis via the colonoscopy and you've got to wait another five weeks. Wow. So, so you're just trapped at that point. Yeah. So I was like, I, you can't discharge me. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. So luckily, um, one of the nurses that I had was, he was amazing. And he said, he said, Hey, like, look up a low residue diet. Like he was giving me a lot of pointers that I wasn't getting elsewhere of um, mm -hmm. maybe some ways to mitigate my symptoms. So he said, look up a low residue diet. He said, get, um, also look up, um, I believe it's hyacosamine, which, uh, Levison, um, is another name for it, but basically it's a medication that you would take and it, it kind of stops the, your gut contractions. So, mm. um, so when you're 
basically kind of inflamed and raw, you don't feel every <laughs> movement uh. of your uh, intestinal system. So, mm -hmm. um, so I was able to ask for that and get that. And that very much helped, you know, mask my symptoms um, so that I could, you know, kind of get through until I could get the colonoscopy. So um, rough few weeks, uh, did get my colonoscopy. And it was like, yep, you have Crohn's disease. Um, and so. What did you do during the, the time? Because the, it sounded like you still had like five more weeks to wait. Did you still try to go into work and still try oh, to live yeah. your. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've noticed a lot of people with Crohn's and colitis are very uh, determined. <laughs> We're stubborn, but yes. <laughs> Very stubborn, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I definitely, um, I did take basically an additional, um, so I took the full, I think it was four weeks after my gallbladder surgery um, mm -hmm. off. And then, um, but the other thing too was at that point in time, um, I had not been out of college very long. Um, was still kind of, you know, trying to find my career and everything. Mm -hmm. So the job that I had, I didn't have, you know, all these like sick paid benefits mm. and that kind of stuff. So it was like, yes, your job's protected while you're off, but you're not getting paid. And then it's like, well, I got bills to pay. So I guess I'm going into work. So mm -hmm. um, I definitely, I remember one day having to um, call off because I had taken you know, I still really wasn't, I was scared to eat at that point, but yeah. I had taken, um, a Percocet and I went to wake up in the morning and I ended up, I headed for the shower and I passed out in the bathroom oh, wow. and my husband was like, you are not going into work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I had kind of some days and, you know, the, my coworkers at the time were very, accommodating and helpful and, you know, really understood the situation. So I was, um, you know, very lucky with that, that they kind of helped pick up the slack and um, whatnot. But when mm -hmm. I did finally get my diagnosis, it was like, okay, so, you know, let's get this fixed. And I was put on um, 6MP, which mm -hmm. um, is actually... I think originally the medication was used for, I think, lymphatic cancer um, to kind of as like a maintenance drug um, mm -hmm. for that. But they found that it, you know, kind of worked for um, IBD. So I used that, but it had a three month buildup period. So I had to use Percocet in conjunction or I'm sorry, prednisone, um, mm -hmm. in conjunction with the 6MP, um, so that I had some type of maintenance, uh, in between. So, um, tried that. I had a lot, it never really, I had some, okay, some better days, but it never really got me to where I needed to be. Um, plus it also, I, I was having some of the like thinning hair and some of the other side effects that came from using it. Um, so, that really wasn't going to be a sustainable option. Um, so back then I also didn't have a whole lot of um, the IBD awareness in general was, didn't seem as accessible or was as informed as it is today. Yeah. Um, so I definitely yeah. had 
very little idea of what my options might be medication wise. Um, you know, just kind of what I could find from chat forums and things like that yeah. online. The support um, is so different nowadays because I remember, you know, 12, however many years it's been, that just a few forums here and there and very, very different um, searching for that support. Right. So, um, so I also, um, you know, my husband and I wanted to start a family. Um, so this was also, you know, very much a, a huge disruptor of that. Um, so 6MP was also not an advised uh, medication to use during pregnancy. Um, mm -hmm. So my doctor switched me to Humira, um, which at the time had only been approved for a handful of years, but there was some, um, you know, good information out there, some good reactions to it um, that they felt, you know, pretty comfortable for mm -hmm. me to use that. Um, so I did transition to Humira. Um, when it worked, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> I had, I had, um, you know, I, I felt, you know, kind of normal again. Um, so I did still have, you know, the occasional flare up here and there. Um, I did when I was, you know, kind of feeling better. Um, they did, you know, give us the green light to, to try. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, I was still using the Humira. Had and this really was only probably a year after you'd been diagnosed or not even a year. So, so this was about a year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And so I, um, was doing really well for about the first 17 weeks. And then, um, I ended up having a, um, bowel obstruction, uh, during mm -hmm. my pregnancy. So, um, I kind of had this feeling of I was starving yet really full at the same time and mm -hmm. ended up, um, you know, getting pretty violently sick. So, um, back to that being stubborn again, I drove myself to the mm -hmm. hospital because it was, it was not the closest hospital to my home. So I knew the squad wasn't going to take me there. So I drove myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. And so, um, so anyways, I did, um, did have to have, um, an NG tube, which, um, I, there's quite a few people out there that are probably like shuddering when I say that. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, basically it's a hose for lack of a better term, um, that they put down your nose, um, to be able to suction some of the pressure, um, mm -hmm. you know, out of your stomach to try and help relieve, um, that blockage, which for me was just full inflammation. My small intestine had basically swelled so much that it closed off. Um, wow. so I was able, um, with, uh, steroids and, um, having the NG tube to get the, mm -hmm. the blockage cleared up. So luckily that was, um, you know, everything was fine. Um, mm -hmm. then and you're from 17 then on, weeks pregnant at that point. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. so, and, and everything was, uh, fine with Emma. So that was, so I ended up having, um, you know, I was very, very cautious about what I ate, um, mm -hmm. after that point. Um, but did make it full term. Emma was completely healthy. So I was very That's thankful awesome. and, um, 
But the other part was I did have to go off of Humira for the last trimester, um, which mm-hmm. I've heard from some other people. I guess they don't necessarily advise that anymore. But um, but at the time, that was what what you're supposed to do. Yes, mm-hmm. and so um, but going back on it never ended up working. Um, I tried to go back on it uh, after I had her, and I just kind of kept getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'd go on a little bit of steroids, try and kick it back, you know, to being manageable and kind of did that on and off and on and off for a while. Try They put me on uh, Simzia, which is kind of similar to Humira. Um, did, I, I n- didn't notice any effects from it. So mm. um, wasn't didn't work out for me. Um, so kind of as we're going through the the gambit of stuff, um, yeah, I, I kind of got through the to the point where um, the doctor I was seeing at the time was almost kind of like I don't totally know what to you know. I think he was he was kind yeah. of running out of options, running to or, the end know, of the list of uh, yeah of his knowledge <laughs> base. So um, yeah. I did end up having um, right before I was making a career change and starting a new job. Um, so you'll kind of notice that stressful situations tend to be a trigger for me. Um, yeah. so you're not alone. I, right. So I ended up, um, this would have been spring of, um, 2015. I had what I was pretty sure was, you know, I had the inflammation or like a blockage. So I went in, um, they scheduled me to do an MRI. So I went in to do that. And uh, when I left the MRI, I just really felt terrible. Um, cause they had with the, um, barium contrast stuff, you had a drink and whatnot. I just, it, it was really giving me a mm-hmm. lot of pains and I, you know, wasn't really sure. Um, so I ended up, I didn't get very far down the road and I ended up turning back around. <laughs> And going to back to the hospital, um, and I ended up while I was waiting in the emergency room uh, to be admitted. Um, I ended up going into shock, um, which it ended up I had an abscess near my appendix, uh, that oh, wow. portion of my intestine. So then mm-hmm. it was kind of a leaking, rupturing kind of issue <laughs> going mm. on. So. Um, I actually lost all feeling in my limbs and was then very panicked because I thought yeah. I wasn't going to be able to breathe. So um, they ended up being able to give me um, Dilaudid in my leg to just relax my arms so they could get an IV in. Um, and so they finally, they were like, we've got to do surgery right now. So another time I didn't really have a choice. And also I felt, you know, kind of excited to have surgery again because yeah. <laughs> I was looking forward to, you know, getting some yeah. type of, uh, feeling better out of it. So, um, this one had to be, especially with the, the way it all kind of turned out, um, you know, fully cut open, cleaned out, mm-hmm. re-put together. Um, so I lost a little bit of small intestine with that one in, in my appendix, of course. Um, mm-hmm. so 
then um, after that, again, my I think you know it was very much like, well, let's let's try doing some more steroids, and um, I wasn't getting a whole lot of help. And um, I think part of me was very like, okay, well, if I'm, if they're giving up on me, I kind of was, I was tired. I didn't want to put the energy into like switching doctors. And I tried switching doctors at one point and, you know, it just, all the stuff that goes along with changing insurance and everything. And um, so I finally, um, my last surgery, um, was November of 2017. Um, and I actually had gotten, um, another abscess. So that's very typical of my Crohn's. Um, Mm -hmm. this one was actually on the mesenteric root, which is what supplies blood to your intestines, um, and keeps them alive. So, um, how did they find the abscess? Was there any signs or symptoms or well, what's knew. interesting <laughs> is I actually had, because um, I had gotten probably the time between the appendix and that surgery, um, I had had probably two or three um, MRIs, at, you know, throughout that time period to try and figure out what was wrong with me. Um, so on all of my, the right, in hindsight now, looking at these, and mm-hmm. all of the write-ups, um, all of them say something about there's a small fluid collection on the mesenteric root, mm. but like basically it, it looks, it's not infected. It looks like it's not mm. that big of a deal. Um, so basically I guess it was just kind of a, a ticking time bomb at, at that point. Yeah. So um, I think there's the thought is that being on um, the steroids for such a long period of time, um, and being almost kind of left on them as a maintenance drug, which is not good, um, mm-hmm. then ha- kind of lowered my immune system too much. And that's probably where the infection of that came from. Um, so, you know, I mean, it probably, whether we had addressed something else earlier, I, it may have still been an issue yeah. down the road. You, you never know. So um, hard to say. Yeah. Right. So, um, and there's no change in it now. Right. So, um, it's done. (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, I had, we had actually been on vacation. Um, and I had, I could just tell, like, I just, my insides kind of felt like they had been scrubbed with sandpaper, like just a Mm. raw feeling. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I knew something wasn't right, but we were leaving, um, to come home in two days. So I was like, I'll just go when I get back. Um, stubborn again. I'll just, it'll, it'll be fine. (laughs) Right. So I ended up, um, coming back. I actually went to work the following day Mm. and, um, came home and I told my husband, I said, can you please take me to the ER? Um, I, there's something definitely not right. So, um, so that was when we went and they did try and give me, um, cause they had done the imaging and they were like, you definitely have an abscess here they're like we're gonna try and do antibiotics so i spent a week in the hospital trying with iv antibiotics um Mm. trying to get rid of the abscess that way and it literally was just exponentially growing every day Um, so they finally were like 
okay, this is obviously not responding um, to any of the antibiotics that we're giving you. We've, we've got to go in and cut it out. So I was like, again, I was really starting to feel very ill and weak again. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. So um, I ended up having um, more of my small intestine removed. Um, and basically mm -hmm. the portion that was removed was dependent upon um, what blood vessels they basically had to cut out with the, the abscess. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I, they took about, I think that was about eight inches um, with that surgery. So, um, so I do still have some small bowel left, um, <laughs> but uh, definitely had a, um, a lot of changes with that. Um, so I definitely noticed more after my last surgery, um, that, you know, I, I kind of was like, okay, like this is, I only have so much intestine left. Like I need to preserve <laughs> what I do have. And, um, my, my surgeon has actually been the same throughout this entire time. And he's really been the only, he was the person who really mm -hmm. cared about me, um, and really helped me, you know, find what I needed to find. And, he was the person who gave me the push after the last surgery. He came in and he was like, please, I need you to find someone else. Get a second opinion. You, you have a very aggressive form of Crohn's. He said, it's like cancer. It comes back and it's mm -hmm. back with a vengeance. And he said, you have got to look elsewhere. So I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. So he, um, and that's why he's like, I'll refer you if you need that or how, you know, however you need me to help, I will help. Mm -hmm. so, just knowing that you needed someone else to give different treatment options, just different yes. different ways to handle the day-to-day -day so that you didn't have to go back to the operating table again and again. Exactly. And um, so I also, that was also a big turning point for me because um, that, that surgery was really difficult for me to recover from because um, I had been with the infection and everything I had gotten so sick and weak plus then you know trying to recover from surgery um i had at one point when i came out of surgery i didn't come out super well and they were afraid i had a pulmonary embolism and um so definitely you know kind of when you face your mortality it's like okay mm -hmm. like i have i have a daughter at home that needs me i've got to i've got to figure something out so, I think in one of your Instagram posts, I think it was, mm -hmm. you said after, I'm guessing it was this surgery, you said that was when you decided you needed to take back your health. Is that kind of how yes. that was when it was happening, how all this was coming to a head? Yes, definitely. Um, I, I realized that I had just been hoping for the next medication to cure me, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just not working. Um, so, you know, I thought, I, yes, I, there's, you know, using other methods and, um, you know, whether it be fitness, diet, um, supplements, I knew that wasn't going to cure me, but I knew that I was going to explore every avenue that was possible and leave no stone unturned. And that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was going to look at every aspect so that I could really say, I've done all I can do to get myself where I need to be. 
And so what was your first step? Did you find a new doctor and have him guide you through it? Or did you on your own start researching different things you could incorporate into your healing plan? Um, I think it was kind of both. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was much better about the surgery of taking my time before I went back to work. I didn't <laughs> jump Good. right back in. Um, I <laughs> you also learned. Was, no. <laughs> yes. I was also very lucky to be at a company um, that did have short-term um, benefits for mm-hmm. while I was out with surgery. So that helped alleviate a stress of, you know, knowing that was there. So, um, so I did take my time. I did switch to, um, I'm lucky to be just a few hours away from Cleveland Clinic, um, which does a mm. ton of great research and has mm-hmm. a lot of great doctors. So um, I did uh, transfer to there um, and, you know, met with a doctor. And I also met with a nutritionist for the first time because um, mm-hmm. I had always asked people like, what do I eat? And, you know, the, the typical, mm-hmm. well, it's different for everyone response. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I yeah. at least now, um, she was able to help give me a, a starting point. So basically, and this is all she, pretty recent, right? This was all within maybe the last year, year and yeah. a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, go ahead. Continue. Oh yeah. So she, um, so I, I went up to Cleveland clinic. Um, I met with the nutritionist and she gave me, they had, um, it's basically the, the list of kind of like, yes, no, and maybe foods that they give to people, mm-hmm. um, who have ostomies. Um, mm-hmm. and she was like, use this kind of as a starting point. And she said, just, you know, kind of go from there. So, um, so I did kind of, you know, use that as my guide of kind of an elimination type diet and figuring out what did and didn't work for me. Um, Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, basically one of the things that really doesn't work for me is dairy. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that it got worse from my surgery, that it's more of a, a post-op kind of issue um, as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe necessarily, you know, fooling my Crohn's because I, I was able to tolerate it um, in some quantities previously. But um after that last surgery, it was like, nope, <laughs> not, mm-hmm. not going to happen. So, um, so I was able to, to meet with her, get a starting point. Um, the other thing too, was I was like, okay, I'm going to, cause at first from that surgery, like taking a shower was really difficult and that kind of stuff like wore me out for the entire day. And, um, so, you know, little steps here and there. Um, And then I kind of was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do like some walking, you know, very Mm -hmm. basic. Um, And kind of as I'm looking for all these like supplements, what I should and shouldn't eat and what, you know, what I should be doing fitness wise, you know, post-op and whatnot. um, I'm seeing these ads for Team Challenge. And Uh (laughs) um, so, of course, I'm like, oh, what is this? And um (laughs) I see that, you know, the, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has this endurance training program. And I was like, eh, you know, at first I was, like I said, I was, you know, exhausted taking a handful of steps. So mm-hmm. kind of put it on the back burner, didn't think too much of it. Um, but 
kept seeing them and I I honestly don't even know what what changed or you know but at one point I finally um just like filled out the the contact information to like get more info mm-hmm. um so when I got in touch um with team challenge uh they had a the Ohio group was kind of based out of Cincinnati which is about about two and a half hours from me um so I was like not able to meet up with them to actually you know go run um but you know they were kind of there for like a facebook group for support Mm -hmm. um to answer some questions but one of the options was they had in july so this was this was the spring um after my surgery um in july they were going to chicago to do the rock and roll uh, marathon series there and you could either do a 10k or a half marathon And of Mm -hmm. course I was like, whoo, half marathon. Those people are crazy. Like who does that? (laughs) Um, And so I was like, okay, 10 K like I've, I've done, I've walked five K's before. Like I could could probably double it to a 10 K. Yeah. That's of course you're barely walking at this point. Right. Right. (laughs) So, um, so we ended up, you know, walking and then, walking kind of, you know, I, I push myself a little bit each day, mm-hmm. like just what I could, what I felt I could handle. Um, so, you know, my, my goal was just to complete this 10 K. Like I was not going to be, you know, placing first in my age division <laughs> or anything. I was just, yeah. you know, going, going to do it. So, so part of this was also, uh, raising money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, which they use towards research. Um, Mm -hmm. which has helped, you know, provide a lot of these medications, um, that we all take and, um, Mm -hmm. the resources, um, you know, now, like I said, the, the amount of information, um, online is much more prevalent. The amount of like support groups, um, they have a lot of support groups that they fund. They have, uh, Camp Oasis that they do for, um, kids that are affected with Crohn's. So money goes toward, you know, towards a lot of, great Mm -hmm. thing. So, um, I was like, this is good. This is a motivator for me to, to finish this and to, to actively be, you know, doing some fitness, um, to try and better myself. So Mm -hmm. I ended up was very overwhelmed at how much like my coworkers and friends, um, you know, donated and, you know, met my donation goal. Um, and the, you know, kind of, overpouring of support from everyone um was just awesome and mm-hmm. um so ended up going to chicago doing the 10k and i um you know now what what helped you ahead. to get to that point cuz obviously you set the goal so you had the kind of the mental determination and the mindset to really tackle that and make that happen what happened physically as you were recovering from the surgery? Were there different medications you found or supplements that helped? Um, kind of what got you strong enough to be able to go and do this? Yeah, so I, um, I would say initially this first one, um, I was a little ill prepared for. Um, it was a short enough distance that it, it didn't affect me too much. 
Um, but I definitely like, you know, looking back, um, there's a lot of things that I probably would have done differently. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, my, I, I, I mean, I, I ran the 10 K, but I, I mean, I walked a lot of it too. So, mm -hmm. um, I definitely being on the treadmill, like I kind of, I had an idea that I could, you know, I would get there with well within the time cap, even if I had to stop and use the restroom. Um, mm -hmm. so I think that was actually my biggest anxiety was that I was going to have to stop at every quarter John <laughs> along the, mm -hmm. the, the race route. And, um, so, you know, that one I did, I, by the grace of God too, it was the most like beautiful summer day in Chicago. It was not humid. Mm -hmm. It was like 70 degrees. It was pretty much perfect. Um, which is rare for yeah. July. <laughs> um, so, so that helped, um, because one of the things that I have faced since then and that is usually an issue for especially people who have had bowel resections is staying hydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't deal too much with the, the dehydration with that one. Um, but I, I did do my first half marathon that I did. Um, I was, you know, I had, I had actually at that point, um, you know, been running for about a year. Um, mm -hmm. and then I had also started doing CrossFit as well, um, mm -hmm. to do, to, for some strength. And so, you know, I felt pretty in shape. Um, I, you know, food wise, I felt like, you know, I was eating as well as I could based on uh, my condition, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, were you I felt on, like I was, were you on any of the biologics at this time to help or? Yes. Or so I had, when I got paired up, um, with Cleveland clinic, I was put on in which is actually mm -hmm. what I am currently on. And, um, I actually take it monthly as opposed to it. Normally it's every two months. Mm -hmm. Um, but since I have kind of a, a bad history of Crohn's, um, mm -hmm. the, the monthly is, um, has worked really well to maintain everything. Um, and that's, I've, I've now been on in TVO for two years at this point. So, mm -hmm. um, knock on wood, um, it's been, it's been really good for me. So, you know, kind of paired with better eating, you know, I'd been consistently working out um, my medication, mm -hmm. I felt pretty normal, um, you know, or what, what I assume yeah. normal would be. So I, um, and what, what did your food kind of look like, um, to help? Because a lot of people when they're training for marathons or crossfitting, they'll eat a certain type. And then obviously with your resections and you were starting from a point of, you know, here's this list of what, an ostomy patient would normally eat. How did, mm -hmm. how did that progress for you to aid and help your training? Yeah. So I, um, so like I said, I started with that, that list and, um, then I thought, okay, with my research, I thought, well, maybe I'll try paleo. So, mm -hmm. um, I started to do that, but then I kind of had to do it almost more restricted because things that were really high in fiber really bothered me. So mm -hmm. I 
couldn't just sit down and eat a whole bowl of lettuce or, um, you know, a ton of raw spinach. So, um, there definitely were a lot of things that I couldn't. And I was noticing that basically I, I wasn't getting enough carbs. Like I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't have enough energy. Um, so I did find, um, sweet potatoes and quinoa are two things that I can tolerate. Mm -hmm. Um, and have provided some, some benefit for me that way for, you know, fueling workouts and whatnot. Um, I do, I, cause I, with part of that, I, you know, tried to do completely no gluten. Um, mm-hmm. I've found that gluten and basically carbs in general, um, if I don't have an excess of them, I can usually tolerate them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I will occasionally, like if I'm having, eggs or something, I will have a piece of white, white toast with it. Um, Mm -hmm. with, you know, usually it's like a coconut oil spread or ghee, something like that. That's doesn't have the the lactose, but, Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely don't follow any, you know what I mean? Particular diet or advertised diet that you're going to find out on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, you know, it is, very different for all of us. Um, cause I know like y- you use a lot of red meat, red mm-hmm. meat ha- is something that I cannot tolerate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really sad for me because I used to like filet was like, a thing. <laughs> but luckily I feel bad I for did, you. <laughs> I did find that, um, bison, um, is much oh. leaner. Um, mm-hmm. and I can process that. And I think some of that oh, may be interesting gall and see and that's the thing too is i think some of some of my food triggers or sensitivities mm-hmm. may be just post-op results from having certain things removed like a gallbladder yeah. or you know parts of my intestines so exacerbates um, everything <laughs> exactly so um but i did find like bison work for me and we went out to dinner um at a nice steak place and they had a bison filet and i was like Oh, I am trying this. And I literally like had a bite and I'm like, I just want to cry. Like, it's so awesome (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like I'm having steak again. How interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, there's definitely, you know, some stuff too that I've not even like lettuce, for instance, like, yeah, I, I don't really have a need to, like, I feel pretty good. I don't need to see it I don't need to add it back in my mind yeah. like what's the, what's the benefit of doing it so there's a lot of stuff yeah. too that I'm like I could maybe try again and I might be okay with it but to me it's not worth the handful of days of figuring it out and yeah. you know, putting myself through that um when you're feeling good just keep doing what you're doing right <laughs> exactly exactly so so you've built up uh, at this by this point, you've now you're getting your nutrition on track. You're training a lot more. At this point, you'd, I guess, basically combined training for running and crossfitting. So you're doing a lot of work and eating right. And you were kind of talking about dehydration a little bit. So I kind of want you to go there a little bit next and tell me about the running and dehydration and the nun. I don't know how to pronounce it. The the noon yeah, hydration you've been taking. Noon. So yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so tell me, tell me a little more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when I did my first half, which was a year ago, um, I did that through team challenge as well. Um, got to go out to California, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I go to do this race. And again, I had not, my biggest thing was I didn't ask a bunch of questions because I either didn't know what to ask or I didn't want to look stupid, which mm -hmm. is, let me tell you, like, ask lots of questions. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Um, because it just saves you from doing dumb stuff later, like you'll see here. So I, um, thought in my head that, you know, basically I was afraid of, okay, this is a longer distance. How many times am I going to have to stop to use the restroom? Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, well, if I don't stop at the hydration stations, then <laughs> I probably won't need to go. Like basically, uh -huh. like if I'm not putting anything in, nothing will come out. That's yeah. That's terrible. I've, terrible. I, I don't. I can. It is, and I. But I completely relate because it may not have been running, but it may have. You know, when I've had my bad days, and it's like, well, I've got to go to work, and I have to do these things, so I'm just gonna not eat or drink anything for right. the next, you know, 16 hours. <laughs> so yes, I know exactly. I know where your mind goes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I um that was my thinking going into this. Yeah. So here I am and it's February, so I live in Ohio and during the winter it's usually snowing mm -hmm. or just cold um mm -hmm. or raining, but not good conditions usually to to run outside. Um, so I had been training on a treadmill, but it was also, it was out in my garage. So it was not super warm, you know, fairly, fairly cool. Mm -hmm. So I go to do this race and it was like unseasonably warm <laughs> in California. Mm. Um, so it was like upper seventies, full sun, like first thing in the morning. And most of this, um, it was Surf City was the marathon. Um, so most of this course went down the Pacific Coast Highway and back. Mm. So you were on asphalt. So it was just like the sun beating down on you. So I did okay for the first, like, you know, first couple of miles. I pretty much always have to stop at like mile two or three to use the restroom. Mm -hmm. Then a lot of times I'm okay after that. Well, I kept going. I was doing all right. And I was like, man, I'm like, you know, for me, it was like, I was kind of cruising it at like an 11 and a half minute pace. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is great. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, kind of ignoring the hydration station. Cause I'm like, I'm doing really good. Like, I don't want to stop and I don't want to be interrupted. Mm -hmm. Well, I ended up getting to mile 10 and it was like a beyond a brick wall. It was like, oh whoa, like I am not okay. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I started, I went down to a very, very slow walk. And um, this event, there were lots of different teams from Team Challenge, um, like, you know, people from Seattle, people from Northern California, there were people from New York, Pittsburgh, like mm -hmm. people were from everywhere. So there were probably, I mean, I think there were, at least like a hundred of us there. 
Um, and so everyone had on um, their race jerseys, which are bright orange. So pretty easy to pick out of a crowd, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I'm slowly walking, I look over and I see walking back down the side of the course um, was someone in a team challenge jersey. And we kind of made eye contact and she looked at me and she walked over and she goes, are you okay? And of course I'm like, Oh yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm fine. (laughs) Like I'm totally fine. And she's like, um, she's like, let me see your hands. And I'm like, okay. And they were like super swollen. And she's like, I think you're really dehydrated. She's like here. She's like, I have this, um, bottle of noon is what it's called. Mm -hmm. It's spelled N-U-U-N. That's why mm-hmm. no one knows how to pronounce it. Yeah, um, and she's like, <laughs> right, like, what is this? Um, so she hands that to me. She also had literally like salt packets. She's like, just down these and, you know, was helping me. So um, we started talking. Her name was Brittany. And um, she was a coach for one of the teams. And um, she just kind of, you know, kind of kept me in conversation as we just kind of kept walk- walking. Um, mm-hmm. so I was starting to feel like, like after getting all the salt and all this kind of stuff, I was starting to feel a little bit better. Um, definitely was not going to like pick up and start running again. Um, but mm-hmm. then I finally was like, okay, I think I can at least finish this. So we get to the end. Um, and it took us to do the last basically 5k of this run. Um, I think my last three miles I was at like a I don't know 18 and a half minute pace or something like it was wow I I just slugged myself uh, across the the finish line um but I was a super thankful that she stopped and helped me um Mm -hmm. but that kind of opened my eyes to like okay Carrie like you do have a chronic illness you do have you know some differences from having surgeries you need to prepare for those. So mm-hmm. um, that really kind of got me to really ask more questions, look into more stuff and realize that I need to be, you know, hydrating and I need to be, you know, serious about um, when that's happening, how much, you know, I'm doing, understanding, you know, the weather conditions to see how that's going to affect me. Um, so something that I definitely, so the, the noon is basically, they're like, they kind of look like Alka-Seltzer tablets, um, that mm-hmm. you throw in water and they're electrolytes. Um, so it's basically kind of like Gatorade or Powerade, but without all the junk in it. Um, it's very mm-hmm. clean. Um, because that's another thing is, uh, artificial sweeteners bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was you know, good to find something that I could use that, that didn't affect me that way. So, um, mm-hmm. I normally put, I, I usually have one like in the afternoon every day in my water, um, you know, just kind of to stay hydrated. I I'm consistent about drinking my water throughout the day, whether I'm, you know, running or not, um, you know, making sure I'm hydrated mm-hmm. and then do you um, find that having the bowel resection, does that make you more prone to be dehydrated? Yes. Do you know? Um, de- mm-hmm. Definitely does. Um, and then I also know too, especially people um, 
that are missing like their colon and stuff too. Um, a lot of your water in your body is stored in your intestines. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, basically being at any kind of shortage with that. Um, plus the other thing too is, you know, I still have, even though I don't have the pain and stuff that goes with that, I still have quite a bit of, um, bowel movements per day. So, mm-hmm. um, with that, you're, you know what I mean? You're flushing out water. Yeah, losing water. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, so I'm making sure I'm staying hydrated that way. And then if I have, um, you know, if I am working out, I'm making sure that I'm, you know, maybe I have another noon tablet, like during my workout or right after, um, to kind of combat that. I also mm-hmm. use, um, salt pills. Um, mm-hmm. I would say too, like, obviously something that's really good is I, before I started taking any of this stuff, I had a conversation with my doctor and said like, Hey, this is, you know, what I would like to try this, is what I, I've been told the benefits are. Does that, you know, is that in line with what you're thinking? And mm-hmm. he's given me the green light on everything, but you know, for instance, like if you have heart issues, salt pills might not be for you. You know, there's different mm-hmm. things that could, could affect different people. So it's definitely my biggest advice to people is, you know, if you want to start running or you want to do anything, have an open mm-hmm. conversation with your doctor. And if your doctor's yeah. not open to listening to you, find a new one. So, yeah. um, because the good ones do want to help and they, they will yes. listen and they want to help and they want to be with you on the journey. So I definitely support what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's always good to run things by them just, you know, cause there may be, um, things you didn't think about with interactions of maybe other stuff you're taking or even other mm-hmm. supplements you're taking. Um, so it's definitely, you know, good to get their advice on that. But, um, but yeah, taking a salt pill before I run, if I'm doing like a long distance, um, always helps me, um, to s- just feel a lot better staying hydrated. Um, well, what and, about vitamin B12? I think you said you supplement with that a little yes. bit or you tend to be Yeah. So deficient? I ended up having, um, kind of as a result of my surgeries and, um, you know, just still having like the frequent bowel movements, retaining nutrients in general is a mm-hmm. little difficult. Um, so I ended up, um, this past summer, um, I was getting to the point where like, I kind of was like plateauing with like my running and weightlifting and I just was feeling really kind of weak. So I knew Mm -hmm. that wasn't right. Um, so so I got, you know, they did kind of a full panel, um, and my iron was like non-existent. So my B12 was also extremely low. So what we ended up finding out from all of this was that I wasn't getting enough uh, vitamin D, B12. And then I basically had, um, anemia as a result of my B12 deficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, and then running long distances does not help that if you're not (laughs) fixing the the root Mm -hmm. issue. Um, so that was something that I battled with this last summer and fall, um, because it's, 
takes a long time to build your iron stores back up. And um, it was definitely a process. So I, I do um, daily, I do B12, uh, vitamin D, and then I also take a slow release iron pill. Um, mm -hmm. And then like I have a checkup in a couple months where we're going to run my blood work again and then decide if we need to kind of alter the doses on those. Um, so like I said, that's why it's good to have an open dialogue with your doctor mm -hmm. about it. But, um, but he was very supportive of, you know, basically like as long as you feel good, mm -hmm. you know, push yourself to whatever limit you feel comfortable with. It was, um, you know, kind of, kind of how he felt, um, was okay for me to do. And, um, I definitely, my, my levels have gone back up. I finally, we retested in January and I was at the very, you know, minimum normal range. So it, mm -hmm. it was at least going in the correct direction. So, I mean, I can, I can tell that I'm, you know, much better. Um, so taking those has definitely helped. Um, I also started doing collagen, um, that mm -hmm. I just have in my morning cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that kind of helps with, um, you know, my recovery and whatnot. And it's funny, some of this stuff too, like you'll see, you know, all this information that it's great. And then some people are like, ah, it does nothing. Mm -hmm. But ultimately I'm like, you know what? even if it's not doing anything, it makes me feel like it's doing something. So yeah. <laughs> that's worth it to me. I'm going to keep going. So I'm with you on um, that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The placebo effect is real. So it's, yes. it works. <laughs> um, so that, those are the main things um, that I take on a daily basis mm -hmm. um, as my supplements. Um, that's awesome. Ma mainly, I've you know, it, it's just kind of listening to your body. Um, cause mm -hmm. also I've ended up, I did for the race in April. Um, I made the decision to scale back to the half and I'm going to do a full this fall, um, so that I have a longer period for training. Um, mm -hmm. and I also couple things that I didn't think about. And it's again, back to that, like doing your research and asking your questions is, um, I got, you know, really excited. I had done this 10K and then I'd done this half and I'm like, man, I'm, you know, just cooking along here. And, um, I, you know, thought, Ooh, Nashville, like that's a, that's a fun city. Like to mm -hmm. the view will be nice and everything. Well, I didn't really think about the elevation. Um, mm -hmm. so Nashville has lots of hills. Um, and that definitely affects your time. Um, Plus the unknown of my first marathon will be how many times am I going to go to the restroom? And that, yeah. you know, obviously counts into your total time um, that you're allowed on, on the course. So um, with all of that said, I was like, okay, I, I finally, I reevaluated and I was like, okay, I, to not stress myself out about training and to enjoy it, which is what it should be. I need to back down to the half mm -hmm. for this and then, then, you know, extend my marathon training. So it's a good decision, a good call. Are you running both of those for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, both the one in April and then the fall full marathon? Are those going to both be on 
uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation teams? Yeah, so I, they actually have, um, so with Team Challenge, they have some basically like seasonal, like the big races that most people go to um, that are, you know, kind of destination type races, but they also have the option of um, race in orange, which is where you can basically set your own fundraising goal and do basically whatever race you want. So the one in Nashville that I'm doing is that it's the race in orange um, mm -hmm. where I've set my goal and I'm going to do it. So I will probably um, do the same for um, the, the marathon that I do in the fall as well. Because mm -hmm. um, it just kind of, again, helps me as a, as a motivator and, um, and it's neat to kind of see, you know, you, like you wear your, um, Jersey and like some people come up and be like, Oh, I have a, a neighbor with Crohn's or I have a, you know, they, they yeah. have some type of a connection. Um, so it's, it usually starts some good dialogue and whatnot, but, mm -hmm. um, it's definitely been something that I've, I've loved doing. Um, and have really seen, you know, a huge benefit to kind of my mental focus on those races. Yes. So tell me if people want to maybe donate to your goal for the, for the team challenges, uh, where can they do that online and where can they follow you and follow more of your journey and just your story in general? Yeah. So, um, I am on Instagram as Carrie the crony. And, um, I'm also on Facebook as Carrie the crony. Um, I will tell you my Facebook is basically just a reiteration of my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's pretty much, um, where, where I'm at. Um, and I have the link to team challenge, um, on those pages. Um, so you can see that. And also, you know, if you, someone's listening to this and they're interested in getting involved with team challenge. Um, you know, definitely reach out to me. I can put you in contact with your local person or you can, you know, go to um, the basically if you just Google Team Challenge, um, you'll find mm -hmm. all the information about it um, to do it. But it definitely, you know, if if you're looking for something to kind of motivate you, um, that's definitely a, a good, good place to start. It's fantastic. Well, we covered a lot of stuff today and really got into some great stuff on tips for endurance training and supplementing and kind of what you do as part of your day. Is there anything that I didn't get a chance to ask you yet that you really wanted to touch on before we finish up? Um, I think the only thing I would say is just kind of some advice to other people who are suffering with IBD is that, um, you know, I, it's difficult and I share my story of my big time lows and my highs of, you know, being able to accomplish a half marathon and things like that. Um, just to say that you can, if you're in that lowest of low, keep, don't give up on yourself. Keep trying, um, you know, push yourself as much as you can. So whether that's, I took an extra five steps to get to the kitchen today. And that was impossible for me yesterday. Or if it's okay, I've done a 5k. Now I want to do a 10k, what, whatever spot that you're at, keep going. Um, you know, don't give up on yourself. 
There's plenty of us out there to support you. If you need someone to support you, reach out to me. I will, I will be your cheerleader. So um, <laughs> just keep going. That's wonderful. Thank you. It's great advice. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking with you and thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Food, or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.